Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your host, Jim and Chuck. And first and foremost, I'd like to apologize for the late release of this episode. Life gets in the way, but we are back and we're here. This episode is more of a hybrid episode, if you will. It's not our traditional Wednesday episode, as we're not going to be spending a lot of time in the newsroom. Where are these superheroes from? Rumor Mill. This is more of a Saturdays with Sam and Bucky on Wednesday or Thursday or whenever the hell you're listening to this. You might be listening to this on Saturday and be like, oh, I feel like I watched the wrong episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. But that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get into that, we got a trailer and it's a big one. And I didn't want to leave it off this week because I don't want to just sit here for 40 minutes talking about a TV show. We got the Suicide Squad trailer. James Gunn, first time with DC. He got like 85 characters in this. We've talked about all the characters in DC fandom. We get this hard R trailer where John Cena talks about eating penises that are aligned through the the planet and says, thank you, sir. Uh, what did you think of this trailer? It was exactly what I expected from a James Gunn Suicide Squad. It looked great. Good comedy. You know, we knew the kind of weird characters we were getting and we got a little more expansion on him you know he was allowed to go you know a little more darker with his comedy because of its dc and rated r but like you were saying the the dicks when blood sports said you know you know the about the bag of dicks or whatever and he's like if there was dicks all over this beach i would do it for liberty and i was like it he is perfect for uh peacekeeper they really showed you a lot in this trailer they gave you a preview of what's to come with the the Peacemaker series. They gave you a lot of looks at all the characters. I think we saw every single Suicide Squad character in this, from Pete Davidson to Idris Elba to Al, uh, Alice Braga. I Maybe not Daniela Melchior. I don't think I saw Ratcatcher in this, but the way I look at it is it kind of looks like the thinker is being held captive and they have to break him out, which also might be tied into the fact that the thinker's kind of tele- uh, telepathic and so is the what seems to be the big bad starro which was a was a big huge like we kind of knew starro was going to be in this I, there was a rumor a while ago that starro mm-hmm. was going to hit in this and the reveal was great the cast looks great we knew the cast it kind of also revealed who's going to live and who's going to die i think you know i think the first minutes of the trailer we saw like weasel and pete davidson and uh, Nathan Fillion, I think all those characters are dead. Like And uh, Michael Rooker, Savant, I think all those characters are going to die. Like early in the show, kind of like yeah. Slipknot, where he climbs a rope and he blows up. <laughs> so I see that happening a lot. But the, the biggest thing was Stallone is playing King Shark. And um, I know you're a big Stallone fan and I know you're a big King Shark fan. What did you think of the design of this version of King Shark? I like it. It's very reminiscent, and I said this before, to the Harley Quinn animated series he's not wearing like you know a polo and stuff but he's got like jean shorts on i i like the design like i heard a lot of people don't like it like there's been so many different designs of king shark i i like it i think it fits this story and the james gunn world i like it too i don't think it's great as great as everyone's talking about i think the flash version is actually better i think it's more it's more menacing it's it's more like if stallone was actually a um a shark because it's muscular it's big it's, it's hulking this one's kind of like um what's the the shark from hanna-barbera uh jabberjaw yeah he's kind of like jabberjaw a, l- a little bit 
in jean shorts and he's stupid like that's the thing he, he's stupid and you know it's a hybrid shark it's not grod we're not dealing with grod but the the great thing that comes out of this is that we can kind of see that stallone is pretty good at voice acting because uh, it didn't sound like stallone for most of the the lines that were being uh, relayed no and i i told you like we seen the trailer and i was like oh man you know i was hoping we got to see stallone and i really wanted him to be sergeant rock who who knows maybe i doubt it but he could always show up as sergeant rock in person but i doubt that'll happen but after i watched trailer i looked at i imdb and it was like stallone is king shark i was like oh and then I watched it again, and like you can, if you pay attention, you can hear the the tone of Stallone, because really, what he said, hand. Yeah. Well, no, he he had a couple lines. I I thought it was Stallone, and then I went to the internet, and it it proved that it was. I I'm excited about this movie. The one thing I will say is it's a watchable movie. This isn't the Suicide Squad of David Ayer, even though you know people are clamoring for the Ayer cut. <laughs> which I don't think anybody wants to see besides David Ayer. But this is a watchable movie. I'm thankful that it's coming out on HBO Max so I can watch it for free because I don't like, I don't think that this is like going to save the DCEU. I think this is going to be better than what they've been putting out. But I just don't think that this is like this. I don't think this is good as like the mid tier Marvel movies. I'm like I said, I'm expecting a James Gunn rated R comic book movie. And I think that's what we're going to get. I think it's going to be comical. It's going to be dark. It's going to be violent. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be, like you said, way better than air, but I think it's, I don't think it's going to top crack or crack the top three for me for DC movies. Yeah, you never, you never know. That top three is pretty shitty at this no, moment. No, so we'll, we'll we'll have to see. Um, it's coming out in the summer, so we'll obviously talk about it more. But before we get into the Falcon and Winter Soldier, it, it, it we are recording this on a Wednesday, yes. and comic books come out on Wednesday. So I would like to share our picks of the week. Uh, I have three of them. I'm not going to go over the whole plot of it. I'm just going to give the titles. Uh, the first one is Silk is yeah. coming out with a new number one. I picked it up today. There's like four or five different color uh, covers. There's a Scotty Young cover. There's a Women's History cover. Uh, there's a ton of great covers. And she's also rumored to be getting a role in a Sony Spider-Verse type of movie in the future. So maybe this is a good time to pick her up. The next one is Beta Ray Bill, number one of four. That's out today. I picked that up as well. I can't wait to read it. And the other one, um, they're all Marvel, ironically. One DC topic and then the rest is all marvel today is avengers curse of the man thing and that is by our good friend steve orlando it's his marvel debut i've picked it up i've read it already it was uh, one thing that i needed to read before we record it and i love it it's the man thing anniversary i think it's 50 years of man thing also didn't know he was around that long but we have 50 years of man thing and i suggest that everybody read that because it is fantastic and you get to see some great superheroes interacting with man thing that you probably never would have thought of that would interact with man thing so go and pick those up whenever you're listening to this they're all out now now let's get into the falcon and the winter soldier episode number two the star-spangled man and from here on out we are going to be hitting spoilers because we're going to reveal who the big three are we're going to talk about baron zemo we're going to talk about captain america and his best friend and we're going to talk about carly because you know she's in this this episode we got a lot of uh looks at Various different characters. We got a deeper look into John Walker, Captain America. We got a deeper look into the Flag Smashers and their whole, their organization. The Power Broker still looms. 
we're introduced to some major comic book characters that are going to potentially shake up the MCU as we know it. And then we get a little couples counseling between Sam and Bucky. What did you think of this episode to start with? Um, Because this isn't a heavily action-packed 40 minutes that we were hoping for. No. This is a lot of dialogue, a lot of story building. Yeah. In the second episode, kind of like what we got in episode eight of WandaVision, and we're like, "Oh man, we got one episode left." This is the, I guess, this is the third way, third of the way done because we got four yeah. more episodes. It was a lot of story building, but I think it was needed because, like you said, there's only six episodes in this season, so to not feel cheated and rushed, they kind of needed to establish some of the characters. Obviously, I did like the John Walker stuff. The whole Good Morning America like rollout was kind of ridiculous, but I, I expected that. Yeah, it's Disney pumping in more Disney products. They own Good Morning America. They're just like, yeah, watch our morning shows when you're done watching this. When she popped up, I forget her name, but I'm like, oh, it's the woman from Good Morning America. And my wife is like, it's because it is Good Morning America. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and she recently had a baby too, so it was nice to see her back in behind the camera. Yeah, because she's doing that, and then she's doing the uh, – chase as well so she's ever yeah. she's everywhere she's disney's golden child at this moment so good for her get your money but like i i liked it and it was kind of re- like he's at his you know his former high school and the band's playing and he came out and like the marching band leaders like high-fiving him like it was different but then i really like to see like they were talking about him and they showed him training with the shield and him whipping that around and catching it back and forth. I was like, okay, that's cool. Do you think that there's underlying powers with him? Because I feel like if you're throwing that shield as a normal human being and you're catching it as fast as it looked like he was catching it, your rotator cuff is blown out. I, I was thinking that because they're toting him as no superpowers. Like he is just a normal man, but the elite top of the top of the top. Like he, you know, he has what three medal of honors? Three medal of honors. No one has ever done that. Like he is one of the best military people that that we have, and that's why they they picked him. Yeah, obviously he's the government's front runner for Captain America. Yeah, and even when in the fight scene, uh, fast forward a little bit, like he he was whipping that man. I'm like, he seems a little like I'm sorry, like I'm not super fit or you know you know, Captain America-like, but I don't see anyone flinging that shield around like you were saying. Like, you'd get messed up. I think at that moment when, so I watched this while I was camping and I watched it with a bunch of people, but I've watched it three other times and it's currently on as we are recording. <laughs> when they're fighting the flag, ma- flag smashers on top of the semis, Falcon and and Bucky are getting their ass kicked. Yeah. Like, and these are, and like, Bucky's superpowered. You know what I mean? He's he is a Hydra super soldier. Sam is not superpowered, but has advantages. The moment that we get Cap and Flag uh, Battle Star, which we'll talk about in a bit, when they jump up on the the semis, they start whooping ass, yeah. and it kind of looked like the Flag Smashers for a while were pulling their punches. Hmm. Because how are super soldiers getting beat up by humans so it goes back to where i was thinking before like that the flag smashers are a product of the government to be like the focal threat of captain america because we can't have the big three androids aliens and wizards go up against this version of captain america and battlestar this early because they get the floor mopped with them so if you throw these like 
these teenage early 20s terrorists and you know they have the drone they're hacking all their drones and stuff so there's got to be footage somewhere of that it feels like this is like a training seminar or going back to my earlier theory that flag smasher is actually u.s agent aka captain america and he's just trying to work the government because he literally says i am the government when when they uh they were asking like oh we had you know we got into red wing we tracked you because of red wing he was like well, would you hack? And he goes, no, you know, it's government issue and I'm the government. And I'm, uh, or he said, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of the government. Like that was kind of like, yeah, you're Captain America, but hold your britches there, buddy. Yeah. But the the, the thing about this Captain America and Battlestar, um, they're way too cocky and comfortable this early. Like I get that they're like best friends and they've been doing this since high school. And like, you know, they got medals, medals of honor, but like they just fought like, the world is just coming back. This is six months after the final break, uh, uh, final battle with Thanos, right? Thanos, a titan, a god killer, a world destroyer. And they bring in, you know, Forrest Gump, who who feels like he, he's ran enough that he can wear this suit. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I can take on Sam. I can order you guys around. I want the, the wingman. It was It's very, very ridiculous how comfortable they are. And that's why I think there's so many more layers to this story. Yeah, I I agree. I don't trust them at all. No, me either. And at the end of this episode, when the guys are Falcon and Winter Soldier are saying like we're kind of free agents, we don't want to work with you scrubs, like politely saying like we don't want to get you guys in trouble, but also like saying you guys are assholes, we don't want to work with you. They're like, well, you better stay the hell away from out of my way. I mean, what are you gonna do? Like, you're fighting two Avengers. Yeah. Two superpowers, super, two superheroes, and you're like, stay the hell out of my way. So it, they're setting this up for something. And my thought, like my, I wanted to talk about these guys. I think Battlestar, one, looks ridiculous. <laughs> he looks like Roman Reigns from WWE with red, white, and blue outfit on and a catcher's mitt, like a catcher's uh, block or like chess piece. He was like, well, who are you? And then he's like, you know, I'm so-and-so. And then he was like, yeah. And, and Lamar like, Hoskins. Okay, well, and he was like, I'm Battlestar. And he was like, stop the car. He was like. Yeah, he's like, he I need like, to get out of here. That's ridiculous. Like Battlestar. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, also, I think that's an awesome name. Battlestar. I think that's a fantastic superhero name because it's stars and stripes. You know, they could have called him Stripe Boy, but they said Battlestar because he's, you know, Captain America sidekick. I thought that was great. But it's very cheesy to unveil but like it's kind of like when we're watching invincible and spoiler alerts for a second where he's like i'm invincible and everyone was like that's kind of stupid like it's a dumb name to have but i i think it's i think it's kind of badass my thought about these two and the the layers we kind of unravel is i think that they're going to get tired of getting their mm-hmm. ass kicked and they're going to go to the power broker and get powers okay they keep mentioning the power broker like the power broker is looming over the heads of the flag smashers because the flag smashers stole the vaccines. And last episode, I think I talked about how they were essentially the proud boys. And I retract that because the proud boys are, are terrorists with terrible motives. The flag smashers are terrorists, but they're trying to vaccinate people from the yeah. blip. You know what I mean? They've kind of got hearts and they're trying to do something good. But uh, maybe I'm misreading it, but. I think that these guys are going to see Sam and Bucky succeeding and they're like, we need to, we can't be taken serious until we're superheroes. And then they get superpowers and that leads to the heel turn, I think, for both of them. Or I could see 
John going to get powers, Battlestar not wanting powers, and John killing Battlestar. Oh, that would be... Like, Roy, like Roid Rage. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but, I mean, it, there's always a lot going on. Like, I feel for John a bit because, like, he's the man, he's the face of America. He's the face of the Avengers, at, or not the Avengers, face of face of superheroes at this point. He's front and center, but in his back of his mind, he's like, I'm actually the fourth pick for Captain America. You know, there's Steve, who they everybody wishes could come back. Then there was Sam. Then there's Bucky. And then there's me. Yeah. So, like, he's always going to have this big chip on his, his shoulder. So, I feel like that's also going to push him to get more powers. But in regards to the episode, kind of, I'm all over the place. We get to see Taurus again, right? Yes. Uh, who is essentially Sam's sidekick at this point. Yeah, I would say that. Like, the end of this episode, he's going to pass down, like, a, a jetpack. He's like, you're Falcon now. I see that happening. We got some Avengers name drops, Stark, Banner, Strange, and Avengers. So they're they're openly talking about that. Um, Walker's ultra-connected, like we talked about before with the, you know, I am the government. Yeah. And then you get kind of get a deeper explanation of, or exploration of the Flag Smashers operation. Like, we're thinking, like, this is a huge, heavily funded terrorist group who has superpowers when, in actuality, they're hiding in basements. Yeah. Now, do you think that Carly is, tr- is truly the leader of the Flag Smashers? I don't know. It, right now, it seems it. Yeah, they they respond very well to her. You know, I liked the part when they were like, oh, they got a hostage. And, and then she smiles so yeah. menacingly. Yeah. And then my wife was like, whoa, that little girl just kicked his ass. And I was like, well, I was like, oh, that's uh, my girl in this nest. And she was like, who? I think she's like 25. Yeah. Yeah. No, she, I'm a grown woman. That's what I said. I was like, she's in her 20s. And she's like, no, she's not. She's like 15. I was like, no, she's in her 20s. She was like, I've never seen her before. I was like, no, it's, she's from Star Wars. And a lot of people have never seen her before. Well, and in Star Wars, she really had a mask on for most of yeah. the time. And and then she might have been like eighteen, nineteen, because that was what a couple years ago, three, four years ago. Yeah. But um, yeah. And then she was like kicking ass, and the the scene, like you said, in the basement, like she definitely seemed like the leader. Yeah, she stepped up and she's like, "I need to know if you guys are are with me on this." And they're like, and at the end, when the guy's like, "Listen, I'll I'll die for you the cause," like, what it was one territory, one person, or something like that. Where he's like he just sacrifices himself because the power program is coming. So like, there's villains on top of villains. Like these guys are coexisting as like a unit trying to unite borders. Where the power brokers are true. The power broker is truly the villain. And then we have Zemo, who we get to see at the end of this episode. And I'll get to that in a second. But I think I agree with you. I think that for now, Carly is going to be the leader of Flag Smashers yeah. until somebody else outranks her and i still think that that's going to be john walker um i would love to see carly become nomad at the end of the day just be like i got to give this up and she becomes nomad and does her thing because she's obviously a super soldier at this point she's got the best intentions i don't think she wants to go out there and kill people it's not like they're moving black tar heroin they're moving vaccines to to countries for people who just came back from the blip trying to get them on the map so I think that she's going to have a change of heart, whereas John Walker is going to have a heel turn. She's going to have a face turn if we're talking wrestling, and she's going to become a good guy and become nomad. But, I mean, that's all speculative. Yeah. There was a huge surprise in this episode, and it comes at the end, 
Were you surprised that Zemo is now going to be a resource to Bucky and Sam? Yeah, that was a little... I thought for sure they were the best. He was going to be like super terrorist. He's got the, you know, his hat, purple hat on and he's blowing up buildings like he did in Black in Civil War. And now he's just chilling in a cell somewhere in Siberia. And they're like, yeah, we need to use him. Yeah, I, I didn't see that coming at all. Like I said, I expected him to be the the bad guy behind everything. And as of right now, it doesn't seem that way. So do you think that he could be the power broker? I initially, like after episode one, when we, you know, we're hearing the power broker and like knowing Zemo was in it, that's who I thought it was. Yeah. I know he has ties to the power broker in the comics and one version of the power broker, his name is Curtis Jackson. I would love it if they cast 50 Cent as the power broker. <laughs> that would be, and he's just playing himself. That would be awesome. Like a, that would be amazing, right? He's, who's Curtis Jackson? Here he comes, many men's playing, he walks up. And then it's, it's, you know, it's him. But I don't think Curtis Jackson, the power broker, is the version we're going to get. I think we're going to get a another one, another version of the uh, power broker that was connected to um, Dr. Malice that we've seen through S.H.I.E.L.D., the Hydra Doctor. Okay. I think that fits a little bit more. There was an awful lot of Hydra being dropped in this episode. Yeah. Between, between Bucky, between Isaiah, between the Doctor, between Bucky and Sam, between so many other characters. Hydra was dropped, and Zemo is now introduced into this too. So I think we're going to get the Hydra version of the Power Broker. I think what's going to happen with Zemo, and I want to see your thoughts on this, I think that they're going to use him as much as they could, and at some point they're going to turn their back, and Zemo is going to slip slip away, and that's when he becomes the villain that we're all hoping him to become. Where do you like? Do you agree with that, or do you think it's going to be different? I don't. I don't know. Like after that, I was like, damn it. Like is he? You know. Is he ever going to reach that mantle that we, that we know from the comics? And well, go back to all the trailers that we've seen. We know that he's going to become evil. He puts the mask on. He was menacing. I think he's got some dirty dialogue in there. Like, he's not like sunshine and rainbows, no. like running around with his AirPods and listening to the Partridge family. Like, he's got revenge on his mind. And maybe he sees these two coming to save him as like his salvation so he can turn on them. Yeah, it it would have to. Like I I don't see any other way that could happen. Like like you said, like that would They're not going to turn him into friendly Zemo. No, I Like they can't they can't do that. You know, there's there's a lot of existing pieces and we could sit here and talk about or or just struggle to talk about what's happening with Baron Zemo. But we'll find that out in like 3 days from now. Next episode, I think Emily Van Camp's going to show up. Because obviously they're going to be tracking people. How do you think she factors into this? Because, again, we see her in the trailer. She doesn't look like she's welcomed. No, because when's the last we saw her? What, Civil War, right? Civil War, when she's like, I'm done bailing you guys out. I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. She was working for S.H.I.E.L.D. Or no, she wasn't working for S.H.I.E.L.D. She was working for Ross. Yes. And like um, for the Sokovian Accords. So how do you think she factors in? I I don't know. Okay, we can skip that. Um, let's kind of roll into the Easter eggs of this episode as we kind of wrap this up. One of the biggest Easter eggs is Isaiah Bradley. And I don't think a lot of people know Isaiah Bradley. We, we were introduced to Isaiah Bradley through Carl Lumbly, who's been in a ton of stuff. And a lot of people are like, oh, maybe he's just, a you know, he was tested on. There's so much lore back to Isaiah Bradley. He was introduced in 2003 in Truth, Red, White, and Blue. 
Uh, he's a lone survivor of the super, ser- uh, super soldier serum experiments that were conducted on black soldiers. And he could actually open the door to the reintroduction of Luke Cage. Ooh. Okay. Because if you're going 50s, 60s route, um, Isaiah Bradley would have been around the same time or a little bit before the early stages of when Luke Cage was created. Luke Cage was created early 70s. Isaiah Bradley was still fighting Hydra during the 50s and 60s. And then he went to jail for 30 years, which happened in the comics. They, um, This episode is really showing how the government and how the society sees black superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see what they did to Isaiah. They tested on him. Not only our government, but Hydra tested on him. And for instead of getting a Medal of Honor, they sent him to prison. They bastardized him, kind of like what they did to the Vietnam War soldiers who came back. They turned a blind eye to him. Then you look at the introduction, or well, you look at the, the interaction between Sam and Bucky right after the, the introduction of Isaiah, and the cops think that Sam is a threat, not the man with the metal arm. Yeah. So you see that. You also see how the writers are, are showing that all black superheroes have to have the, the word black in front of their character. You know, Black Panther, Black Falcon. You know what yeah. I mean? So they talked about that. And then you get Battlestar, who is a sidekick who they didn't do a rollout for. They didn't introduce in front of Congress. They just kind of peppered him in and said, now you need, you have a best friend. So they, they're touching on important topics in this episode as well. Um, Isaiah was actually never Captain America during the 50s. It was actually William Burnside, which is a whole nother story that I hope we don't ever have to go down because that involves a ton of plastic surgery, the grand director, a fake Bucky, and Nomad. So there's a there's a lot to the whole William Burnside, Isaiah Bradley. I'm glad that they went with Isaiah Bradley because that also brings in Elijah. Elijah was a young man who opened the door for Bucky and Sam. Yeah. Now, if you know Elijah, what's short for Elijah is Eli Bradley. Eli Bradley is a, is also known as the Patriot. Oh. Who okay. appears in the Young Avengers. So we were kind of wondering who was going to pop up out of this. And I think in our preview, I said Patriot was my choice. We were just indirectly introduced to Elijah Eli Bradley. Okay. And it kind of like the tone kind of changed. When he opened the door, it was more, get the hell out of here. Isaiah doesn't live here no more. Isaiah shows his power to the boys. And instead of like him being the force and saying, you know, get the hell out of here. He pats, he pats the guys on his back and like casually walks them away. So you're, go- you're seeing the, young gener- the younger generation saying, I know that they wasted you. I know that they treated you like a bastard and they treated you like crap. I'm going to write the name for the Bradleys. So I feel like that that was the the spark that's going to light Isaiah or it's going to light Eli's flag or fire. So I think we're seeing two heroes coming out of this: Patriot and um, Falcon, New Falcon uh, with Torres. Okay. We also got the White Wolf drop from Black Panther. Yeah. Which was great because no one ever acknowledged that post Black Panther. Nah. And I honestly, there wasn't enough time between Black Panther and the wars for them to be like, oh wait. You got a code name in Wakanda. It was more of like we got to fight monsters, and you know we didn't even get the, the the I guess the reunion between Bucky and Steve that we wanted. 
we didn't get the farewell between Buggy and Steve that we wanted. So it wasn't there wasn't a time for him to be like, yeah, by the way, I'm not the Winter Soldier anymore. I'm the White Wolf. But I thought that line was fantastic. I thought that was really cool. Their um, chemistry is amazing. Like, it always has been. But this episode just really, you know, solidified it. And I feel like they'll never win an Emmy for this no. because I don't think they're acting. <laughs> no. Like, I feel like this is their, like, we saw that start in uh, Civil War when um, Agent 13 and Cap kissed, when he kissed his niece on the mouth passionately. We saw that chemistry in the back seat. Like, they're starting to fight for the seat and fight for position. And, like, this was the tagline. They're co-workers. They don't like each other right now no. because they're kind of at a polar opposites. Sam is hesitant to become the person that Steve wanted him to be because he feels like he's going to he's not going to be taken seriously. And we like we talked about with Isaiah. The first time Sam messes up, they're gonna lock him up. Whereas when it was Steve, they weren't gonna do that. Bucky on the other side, Bucky's trying to hold on to the last shred of Steve that he has. We don't know what's happening to Steve. And the last part of Steve was Sam becoming Captain America because he trusted Sam. Yeah. And then he trusted Bucky. And we see that throughout therapy, which obviously would be the job I would have in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> we see him say, like, if he was wrong about you, then he's wrong about me. Mm -hmm. And we know that Bucky's dealing with a lot of PTSD, a lot of, you know, coming, like, whether it's from coming back from Hydra, coming back from the blip, coming back from being frozen. He's got a lot of PTSD stored up. So we're seeing a lot of this. And, you know, are they kind of peppering in that maybe Bucky could turn back to the Winter Soldier that we know? You know, there's a lot of Hydra talk. There's a lot of I'm not a killer anymore. Like they're setting the table for him to kind of reverse roles be just through trauma. I kind of hope not. I, I like where he's at right now. Well, the only time I want to see him as a Winter Soldier is with long hair. And that silver arm. Yeah. I love the Wakandan arm, but the silver arm is iconic. And I kind of wish he still had that look, but just was still a good guy. But I get you got to cut your hair, get a new arm to change to change the public's persona of who you are. I liked what he did like when they're in the airplane and, um, you know, they're 200 feet above. And what kind of made no sense when he's like, I don't need a parachute. And then he like rips the sleeve off to show the arm. And I'm like, well, wouldn't it work anyway? Like without the sleeve or with the sleeve on no i i think i think he ripped the sleeve off so it wouldn't catch on branches okay that makes and he didn't rip it off the rest of his body because the rest of his body's not vibranium but uh you know what i mean could you imagine him like getting caught on a tree and like that arm falling off and now he's got one fake arm and one bloody stump <laughs> yeah that would... that would be ridiculous but it would be awesome i feel like that's a what if storyline right there what his arm just getting I, ripped off? What if Bucky had one arm? That would be fantastic. And he fights arm fall off boy. It's a crossover. Oh, that'd be awesome. Or I'm sorry, the detachable kid. All right, let's keep going. Um, I'm not surprised the power broker is being introduced. As we said last episode, there are deep comic ties to Walker and Hoskins and the power broker. That also includes comic ties to D-Man, who we'll get into another day. Um, the second Miss Marvel and the second version of The Thing. So there's the Power Broker is a, a big Captain America Marvel Comics character that hasn't been explored because he's kind of obscure. Mm -hmm. But I'm happy that we're getting him. Um, Custer's Grove, Georgia, where it says, 
John Walker was from is actually a city in Marvel and is where John Walker's from. Although his wife that we were introduced to in this episode is completely made up for the show. The Star Sprangled Man is the title of this episode. Makes sense. They introduced Captain America. Still don't like the costume. No. Um, he looks much better in the costume without the helmet. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't stop seeing Kurt Russell. Like, he is a spitting image of his father. I Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. When they were showing the footage of him, like the Good, Good Morning America footage, definitely. Um, but there's certain aspects when he, he kind of doesn't look like his dad, but there are definitely aspects when he does. Yeah, and I didn't know much about Wyatt Russell. No. Forgive me, fans, or forgive me, listeners, but go back into his history, and I was talking to Tom about this when we were on vacation. He was like a world-class junior hockey player. Really? Yeah, so go back and look into that um, if you're interested in hockey and interested in Wyatt Russell. Maybe he's single. Not for you, but for our listeners. Um, so back to the Star Spangled Man, the title, but also the Star Spangled Man by Alan Merkin and David Zippel was the song played when Walker made his GMA appearance to that awesome marching band in the middle of his football team, yeah. football stadium. So the music plays a key in this. And then finally, the big one, this is kind of Inception Disney version. Zemo's cell number is 2187. Right, you saw that at the end. It said Zell, Z E L L, yeah, Z E L L E, two one eight seven. That was in fact the same cell number as Princess Leia in the Star Wars movies. Oh, that's so. There's a little Disneyception right there. But that's all the Easter eggs. This isn't a heavily Easter egg show like WandaVision no. was. No, no, no. This is straightforward Marvel at its best. This was a five out of five for me. But I'd be remiss, Chuck, if I didn't ask you what your favorite part of this episode was. And also your ra- your rating. Is this a 5 out of 5? Definitely. Uh, 100%. Okay. I think the favorite scene, probably the fight scene. But... Did you cry, did you cry when Red Wing died? Oh, I was upset. Now, now, subplot here just came to me. Sam knows that the government hacks Red Wing. Yes. Do we actually see a, a Falcon next? Oh, my God. That Is would be this amazing. when Sam becomes a falconrist right i mean the the whole time during the blip he was studying falconry he wants it you know obviously i mean he he needs the suit like he needs the hulk hogan spandex suit like i need to see that i know he wants it kevin fahey is like this does not fit in this world but if Battlestar can wear the the catcher's vest (laughs) sam can wear spandex and have and he's not governmental equipped anymore he can just be what he wants to be yeah and, uh, All right, so back to your favorite part. I'm sorry. I really just like the banter and um, the chemistry between Sam and Bucky. Uh, I'm going to go out and say that my favorite part of this episode was every single scene the Flag Smashers were in. Okay. I really enjoyed the dynamic of that group. I like the exploration of it. In fact, I have a Flag Smasher shirt already. Oh, do you? I do. Um, I found it at all places, and we are not sponsored by this com- this company, although we are not sponsored by anybody. But I found it at Five Below in York County, Pennsylvania. What? Yep. It's a blue shirt with a giant Flag Smasher mask with that big red hand on it. That's awesome. Yes, so I was very happy when I got that. Uh, but that's it, man. We're going to get out of here. Five out of five for both of us. 
we will be back on Saturday, a couple days from now, with another episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier. In the meantime, you can wait until next Wednesday for our full episode where we will be talking Dr. Fate casting, Obi-Wan Kenobi casts uh, revealed, we're going to talk about Black Widow getting delayed, and then prime um, premiere access released, and I've got feelings on that. And we'll talk a little bit of Godzilla vs. Kong, because you know that movie's out right now. Yep. So go and watch that because we'll spoil it next week. But you can follow us on social media, the Active Geek Podcast, wherever you're at on social media. You can follow Chuck on Instagram, Chuck underscore the Active Geek, AG Cosplay on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, but you can find it on our, our page. You can listen to Galaxy Wars every Monday. But we will we will be back next week with a great new episode. In the meantime, listen to us on Saturday for Saturdays with Sam and Bucky. For the Active Geek Podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.